0: Jews came from all over the world, all over Europe, to train there, uh, and it it established really the first Jewish presence at a medical school in history. Welcome to the YU Ideas podcast, where values-based education meets today's challenges and opportunities, with your host, Rabbi Dr. Stuart Halpin. Today's guest is the Rabbi Isaac and Bella Tendler Chair in Medical Ethics at Yeshiva College, Rabbi Dr. Edward Reichman.
1: Rabbi Dr. Reichman, you have been lately playing the role of, one might say, an Indiana Jones of medicine in Italy. Tell us about your uh, discoveries, what you've been digging for, metaphorically, maybe even literally.
0: <laughs> so I uh, I think it's a great analogy, actually, although it may be a little bit of hyperbole, but the uh, the concept of uh of digging is is definitely appropriate. I, I have a passion for the relationship in general of Judaism and medicine, uh, both contemporary, both in the practice of medicine as a practitioner of emergency medicine, and in the contemporary field of, of Judaism and uh, and medicine in, in contemporary medical ethics and uh, and teach a course uh, here at Yeshiva University in uh, in Jewish medical ethics. Uh, but in, in addition to that, I also have a passion for the relationship of Judaism and medicine throughout history, uh, and in particular. How Jews trained in the field of medicine uh, throughout the centuries, uh, and Jews uh, from the times of the Talmud, there were Jews who were physicians. Uh, from uh, you know, through the, uh, one of the more famous uh, figures in Jewish medical history is, of course, Maimonides, uh, one of the most extraordinary figures in Jewish history. Uh, and Maimonides, uh, when he trained to be a physician, there really were no medical schools available to him. He trained uh, through apprenticeship. Uh, and in general, uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the very few professions that that uh, that were allowed, that was allowed, uh, to uh, to Jews in the Middle Ages and Renaissance was actually medicine. Hmm. Uh, they were prohibited from entering almost all other professions. Uh, so they were moneylenders, as uh, as you know from uh, from. Uh, Shakespeare and the Merchant of Venice. Uh, they were allowed to sell uh, rags and uh, clothes and things like that, but but one of the few professions that was open to them was medicine. However, they couldn't generally train at the universities because the universities were all run under Christian auspices. Uh, and that changed with the opening of one particular university in northern Italy that was the University of Padua. Uh, when that opened its doors to Jews, despite the fact that it was close to the church, uh, just a few miles away, it was under under a different rule and was allowed to accept uh, protestants and jews jews came from all over the world all over europe to train there uh, and it it established really the first jewish presence at a medical school in history Uh, and they had some interesting accommodations for them and uh, what i've been researching is uh, both the figures it's a who's who literally of jewish history that attended this university azaria de rossi uh, was a famous uh, figure who attended the medical school there uh, Isaac Lompnte, who's the author of the first Jewish Encyclopedia in history, uh, Pachad Yitzchak, and Aleph Ta uh, A to Z encyclopedia, and many, many other hundreds and hundreds of Jews attended that university.
1: This so was think. over which centuries
0: this was from the sixteen hundreds to the early eighteen hundreds. Uh, and uh, and the, the likes of people, actually 1500s, and the likes of people, this was no second-rate university. This was one of the premier universities in the world. Uh, so the likes of Galileo, Copernicus, uh, William Harvey, these are the people that were hmm. teaching at this university. Wow. And you had Jews coming from the shtetl, literally, from hmm. Poland, from Germany, uh, and coming to, uh, you know, walking into the doors of the, the Harvard, so to speak, of, uh, of Europe. Uh, So I've been mining uh, some of the archival material. There's two particular archival items that I've been mining. One is the diplomas of Jewish medical students, uh, which is, you can imagine, pretty hard to find. And they're actually quite spectacular Hmm. Renaissance diplomas, nothing like the diploma that I have on my wall. (laughs) uh... beautiful illustrated documents consistent with the art of the renaissance today at auction would go probably for about forty fifty thousand dollars. Wow,
1: and where are you coming across this?
0: So uh, I, uh, I found them in museums, in uh, personal collections, private collections, and in libraries um... all told I've identified nineteen uh, diplomas of Jewish medical students and what's interesting about them is that the standard non-Jewish diploma uh, had a had an invocation which said, in Christi nomine, wow. in the name of Christ. But you can imagine a, a, a Jewish mother sending her son to medical school wouldn't be too happy receiving that uh, on the diploma when her son graduated. So they actually accommodated the Jews on the diplomas. And they uh, they wrote, in Dei Eterne nomine, in the name of the eternal God. And they even changed the dates. The dates were typically uh, Christian dates, like uh, Anno Domini in, in the year of our Lord. So they changed those for the Jewish students, too. Um, and there's no Christological imagery on the hmm. Jewish diplomas. And you also have pictures. You have gorgeous portraits of hmm. these Jewish students on these diplomas.
1: You know, of the very recipient of the diploma? Of the that? recipient. Wow. The recipient of the graduate. Wow. Yeah, so
0: you can see what these guys look like. Who paid for all this, stuff? Yeah, so actually they had to pay uh, at least uh, some of the diploma. And we know that they paid because some of the diplomas have portraits and some don't. Mm-hmm. And we know from the archival records of the university you had to pay extra for the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the portrait. Sure. The other very fascinating thing, which is a reflection of the Jewish community's excitement about Jews being able to attend university for medical school, you know, the first time again in history, uh, is that uh, in the Renaissance, poetry was was the norm. They wrote poetry for everything, uh, for births, for deaths, for marriages. You have countless uh, uh, broadsides, they're called... uh, of uh, uh, posters uh, of poetry. There's one interesting genre of poetry which we find from that period. It's poems written specifically in honor of Jewish medical graduates of the University hmm. of Padua. Hmm. And that's the other item I've been spending years sort of tracking down. Wow. Uh,
1: and here I thought doctors were known for their messy handwriting.
0: <laughs> yeah, these were not messy handwriting, these poems. They were actually gorgeous, uh, beautiful, uh, beautifully uh, uh, calligraphed, uh, and so far, I've identified so a great, a great professor of uh, history of medicine in the 1970s said he identified one single poem. Uh, so fast forward to today, 2023. So I've identified 106. Uh, poems wow. written in honor of uh, Jewish medical graduates from the University of Padua,
1: and who composed these
0: poems? So these are composed uh, either by peers. Some some mm. of them are their medical, their fellow medical students, mm. either years ahead or years years below. Uh, some of them were written by family members. Some of them were written by great poets of the time. Hmm. Uh, some of them were written by rabbis. So, for example, you may be surprised that uh, Ramchal, uh, Moshe Chaim Luzzatto was very close with the medical students and in fact uh, there's a record of him attending the university of padua medical school himself we have three semesters where hmm. his name appears in the registry wow. of the university of padua medical school wow. but then he took
1: a w uh,
0: yeah i think he took a w yeah but he clearly gained immense knowledge from there and he was very close with the students there and uh, and i've identified eight poems that he wrote to to jewish medical students of that wow. time
1: and who has the originals? You found the originals. So
0: I found I have copies of, of uh, with the exception of just a handful, I, I have uh, obtained copies of, of every single one of them.
1: Wow, and and yeah. I imagine patients uh, come for you instead of uh, you know uh, paying you. They they offer ancient manuscripts. Is that how it oh, that's works how it in, works? In that's, that's
0: my barter, right? Yes.
1: <laughs> and what 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 do you feel is the you know, is it a sociopolitical takeaway of the fact that somehow there was a carve-out, sociologically, religiously even, for these students in a time of, 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 of almost uh, comprehensive anti-Semitism? What was it about the field of medicine that allowed for this uh, tolerance?
0: So it was It was a mixed bag. There definitely were elements of tolerance, but, but there were elements of intolerance also. This, this paradox pervades all of history, and it's one of the most fascinating aspects of Jewish medical history. Uh, you have on one hand continued anti-Semitism, the Jew continually despised, and actually uh, in, enshrined in the doctrine of the Catholic Church is that Jews, while they could become physicians, they couldn't treat Christians hmm. uh, unless they got special permission. Uh, yet, at the same time, uh, almost every Pope had a Jew on his staff, hmm. uh, and there was tremendous reverence for the jewish physician hmm. uh, and and despite the church's protestations, Christians throughout history uh, were constantly seeking out uh, Jewish physicians uh, it's a very it's a very bizarre uh, it's a very bizarre thing it's only it 's only over sort of the very recent history uh, that that landscape and that climate has really uh, has really changed, and and that's you know this Padua. I have a passion for Padua, but it's mm. really a much much broader picture than that. Uh, you know, the my interest carries both before Padua and after Padua. So, for example, when Padua. Uh, you know, people stopped attending University of Padua because it wasn't the only game in town, so to speak. People started traveling to the Netherlands. Mm. The Netherlands opened its doors to Jews, and then there was a good hundred years where Jews came from from other places in Europe to train in the Netherlands. And then Germany became the place. Mm. Uh, you know, beginning the mid this uh, early seventeen hundreds and beyond, uh, then Germany came the address, became the address for uh, for hundreds and, uh, and many thousands of students to train in uh, in medicine in their universities as well.
1: Well, for offering this really fascinating, rich tapestry of the history of Jews and medicine. We thank you. It is absolutely my pleasure.
0: The YU Ideas podcast is a production of the Office of the Provost of Yeshiva University and Uri Westridge. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to. We want to hear from our listeners. Write to us at shalpern at yu.edu. In the meantime... Stay deeply rooted and forward focused.